Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Better Love. I'm your host, Dr. Greg, and this week we're going to talk about infatuation. Everything you need to know about infatuation and what is the difference between infatuation and love. Is there a difference? I'm going to take the stance that you can actually be fiercely and healthily in a relationship. Healthily, is that a word? And still experience some level of infatuation with your partner, and that would be okay in my book. The infatuation that we want to watch out for that may be the thing we think about when we say, wait, I don't know if this is love. I don't know if this is sustainable. That feeling that we may get, and I hope you do get, and I really wish you get at least once in your life to meet somebody that you are so captivated by that you think about them often, that you want to see them again. And listen, some of our most fierce long-term relationships begin with that passionate, romantic, kind of fiery love. And that is a healthy, beautiful thing, which you want to watch out for. And here are the things, here are the signs, the red flags that you need to be looking out for to make sure that you are not getting lost in the sauce of delusion, obsession, or whatever else. Now, I don't use those terms in the clinical sense of them <laughs> because if we were talking about the clinical sense, we'd be talking about something else. I'm talking about just kind of losing perspective of what is actually going on, who it is that we're actually in a relationship with, and seeing them as a whole human being. If you missed my conversation with Bruin and Asif here on the show, last week, was it last week? And we talked about shadow, the idea that each of us have parts of ourselves that are less appealing to ourselves or other people. To be in a long, fierce, healthy love, we have to come to witness each other as we actually are, without the masks, without uh, showing something that's not actually authentic to us. You know, that could be anything. Uh, in a first date, that could be like a level of affection, for instance, that just like you have never actually in the past been able to sustain uh, whatever it is. Don't be shady. Be yourself. Be yourself in dating, in our marriages, in our long-term romances, uh, and in all our relationships, to be frank, whether we're a parent, whether we're a brother or sister, to be ourselves fully, to accept ourselves, and then to show up if we become infatuated with that, <laughs> right? If we are uh, passionately craving that, let's call that authenticity and say, yes, let's have a love where when we're in love with that person, when we love that person, we actually do think about them throughout the day sometimes, maybe fantasize about them, maybe all the delicious things that have come about when we're really attracted to someone, their minds, their hearts, their souls, whatever, right? Fully, go for it. I support, I champion that kind of love, my friends. That is the kind of love I wish for everyone now. Is everybody gonna have a passionate, fiery love that's masterful in these things? No, of course, I talk about this often now. I wanna remind everybody who listens to the show, no rainbows and unicorns here. Uh, but my friends, I hope that you do not confuse uh, infatuation with love, but also recognize the beautiful parts of a healthy, fierce, passionate, romantic love that may seem similar to infatuation, a captivation for the other. 
the captivation of your imagination. All right, folks. Hey, I'm going to jump into another segment here, a new segment. And the segment is I'm writing. I'm writing at Psychology Today once a month. I'm going to read my latest article that I just published on Psychology Today on November 1st. I'm going to open that right now. And I'm going to attempt to read it to you and see how that goes. If you like it, let me know. By the way, if you like this podcast, go rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. And after the show, wait until the end of the show because I'm going to have a quick announcement for those loyal listeners, people who have been actually following uh, this podcast, this show since the beginning. Stay tuned for that. All right, here it is. America's crisis of distrust. What do we do now? It's time to practice repair skills. Recent Gallup polls show that our collective faith in each other is at all-time low, casting doubt on our level of commitment to a thriving democracy. As a relationship expert, I think it's worse than you imagine. The signs are apparent. Distrust, criticism, defensiveness, and contempt for one another. In ads, campaign speeches, and at our dining room tables. The antidote to these relational toxins is atonement and creating shared meaning. Atonement is necessary when there has been a violation of core beliefs and values. Arguably, one core belief we've historically shared is that our democratic elections are free and fair. In recent years, this, among other basic assumptions of our fellow Americans, has deteriorated and trust along with it. How does atonement work? We examine our role in a conflict and take personal responsibility for our words and actions. We are courageous enough to consider our part in the conflict and invest in resolving it. The challenge of our generation, my friends, is to do this when our affection for one another is increasingly thin. We can start by reminding ourselves that we still dream the same dreams, dreams about our future, family, friends, and love. And this transcends all the labels we place on each other. We can start by practicing new repair skills and ways of communicating in our homes. Like any other skill, the more you practice, the easier it will be to use with everyone, including friends, family, work colleagues, and community members. Here it is. Number one, commit to non-defensive repair attempts. Defensiveness is the hallmark of a toxic relationship that lacks vulnerability, trust, and a spirit of self-improvement. The antidote to defensiveness is acknowledging our contribution to any given conversation or regrettable incident. It creates space for our partner's point of view and experience with statements like, you're starting to convince me, or I never thought of it things that way. Or, I think your point of view makes sense. Number two, commit to validation, not persuasion. Many of us grow up with communication skills that reflect dominant cultural values of winning arguments and zero-sum games. But these communication strategies tend to fail in long-term romantic relationships because human relationships are about emotional connection, not competition. Now is the time to turn toward each other, not against each other. It is our moment in history to renew faith in one another through honesty, vulnerability, and validation. 
It's time for courageous leadership that starts in our hearts and in our homes, in our ability to repair, in our audacity to dream of a better tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm dreaming of a better tomorrow with you and hoping for a better tomorrow. I thank each and every one of you who has been a part of my love project over the past year and all of the impact we've made in all of the lives we've reached. We've reached almost 5 million views of our content, both on TikTok and writing on Psychology Day and elsewhere. Thank you so much for being a part of this mission to renew our faith in ourselves and in each other. Click the link in the show notes after the show if you're a loyal listener and let me know what you'd like to learn about in season three of the show. We're starting pre-production for that now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Dr. Greg, from my heart to yours. Love each other fiercely. I'll talk to you next week. Peace.